0: Welcome back to Equity Girls, a podcast that makes investing easy for everyone. I am Julia and as always we're joined with my Equity Girl Amy.
1: Coming up in today's episode, we have brought on the founder and director of financial planning firm Sass Financial, more formally known for her financial media platform Sugar Mama TV and her best-selling books The $1000 Project and Mindful Money. I am super excited to have her on the show. She's just awesome.
0: I know, we were so excited to have her on today and we just, yeah, it's just been amazing. But Kenna Gamper is a financial expert helping bridging the financial literacy gap. And in this week's episode, Canna tells us her th- secrets of investing and she also chats to us about her journey of Sugar Mama TV and how she got started and where she is today.
1: Absolutely. And before we jump into this episode, a quick reminder that our community is our number one priority. Please support by following and leaving a review. Join us in conversations in our Facebook group. With your investing questions and all resources mentioned in this episode will be provided in the show notes. And now let's just get quickly into it because before we start this interview, I really loved having a chat with Canara. As you know, I've been watching her for many years. In fact, I mentioned before we went on the show, that one of my colleagues said, "Oh, you should do YouTube." And talk about money tips and I I went oh there's already someone out there can it you know sugar mama tv she's already doing it and that just goes to show you the negative mindset that I had you know and we do talk about this in this uh, not that experience but mindset is so important when it comes to really getting our money goals on track and kind of give some really amazing tips but if you actually ever go and uh, I encourage you go and watch her on youtube on her Instagram page, listen to her podcast. She gets some really motivating people in, people who have been challenged with all sorts of things and overcome that and even her $1,000 project story. That's her own journey. So if you think you can't do it, then have a have a go. I mean, go and get, you know, I think we should probably do a yeah, you know, competition or something, get get this book out there to somebody. But it's something that I think is worth definitely giving uh, the thousand dollar project to challenge,
0: yeah, Amy was very excited to have Canner on because I think <laughs> I think she finds her story you know very relatable and and inspiring based on your journey and where you've been as well oh absolutely yeah, so we were super excited to get her on and it was just amazing to hear her insights and the advice that she gives for you know assessing your risk po- your your risk profile and also yeah just around that mindset piece like Everyone that we've interviewed, you know any successful person that we've interviewed, it's always about making those small incremental shifts towards your goals and just staying really focused and on track. And I think Kenna is a testament to this story when you hear her talk about how she had to how two days after she gave birth, she was on TV. That was my mind was blown when she said that.
1: Absolutely. So we hope you've enjoyed this amazing podcast today.
0: Yeah, we hope you enjoy it and let us know your thoughts. We're super excited to have Kanner on. All right, we'll see you in the episode, guys. Bye. Bye. We have Canna
1: Campbell here. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited to have you here. I have been watching you and you sort of grow and grow over the years. I think it was back in 2015 or 2016 where you started Sugar Mama TV. What got you motivated in getting you started in on that journey?
2: Well, I have to thank predominantly Chloe Morello, uh, the famous makeup and beauty YouTuber. She was actually, or still is, a client of mine. And it was that and a combination of realizing that even my own girlfriends, who are smart, intelligent, successful, didn't understand money. They didn't understand how to use a credit card. They didn't understand how to save up for a you know, a financial goal. They didn't understand how to budget their money or even what a budget was. And they certainly didn't understand about investing and how and why it's so important. So between, you know, looking after Chloe and Chloe giving me that huge wave of encouragement and support to go out and set my YouTube channel up and, and realizing how serious this financial literacy gap, you know, the combination of those two things are really what was the catalyst for me to
1: put myself out there.
0: That's amazing.
1: It's pretty scary to do as well. Um, So did you, you had to face a bit of personal fears in doing that? Absolutely. I imagine. Yes. If I watch, I cringe when I watch my first
2: couple of videos. I'm, I'm so awkward. I'm so uptight. I'm so (laughs) formal. It's like, I'm trying to read the news or something. Um, Yes. It was really scary. And I had to, you know, it was expensive to set up. You know, a lot of people think you just take a camera and it takes five minutes to make a movie. It's a huge amount of you know, time and energy and money. So initially I got all my videos professionally shot but over time as I became better at managing the camera and editing software and, and lighting and all those things that go into producing a video, I, I was able to sort of, I guess, develop my own skills to um, save some money and be able to continue on producing free content for everyone.
1: It's pretty amazing. I mean, you also started as a single mother
2: Mm.
1: and I I know how that feels because I started my business as a single mom, two or three boys and you really became very transparent. I think that was probably one of your magic ingredients in getting people to pay attention because you basically walked the talk. Being a single parent is already a challenge financially, right? So you're already, you've got the information as being, being the financial advisor but then you're actually Throwing yourself, you know, into the limelight as, "Hey, I'm I'm doing this myself. I'm a single parent," and you know, you in- you introduced your show to your, fa- you know, your so your family to the show. Mm. I'm sure that filming days sometimes with toddlers <laughs> has had its challenges. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, look, for me,
2: transparency and honesty is is paramount. So, I didn't want to be someone that's sitting on my high horse telling people what to say and do because I feel like a lot of People assume that financial planners are like that, you know, they sit behind a desk wearing a suit and tell you that you can't spend money. I wanted to show people that I'm I'm marching to the beat of my own drum. I've got skin in the game. I experience very similar all the same setbacks and challenges and, and what I'm doing and what helps and what works to help me push through and keep going and not give up. So sharing with people that, you know, life's not perfect. You know, we have bad days, bad months, bad years and that I'm, you know, just like everyone else, trying to do my best.
0: Yeah, exactly. Kenna, your story is just so incredible. And we know that you've written two books, The $1,000 Project and Mindful Money. Um, we'd lo- I'd love to hear, like, what uh, challenges you actually encountered when you, ac- when you were writing those books?
2: The two different books were such a different experience. The $1,000 Project, I think I wrote it in something like 10 to 12 weeks. I wrote a chapter a week. I went crazy. It was insane. I literally would, on the weekends, just sit and write. And I'd get up early in the morning and and write. And it was a very cathartic experience because it was my own personal story. And, you know, the publisher was just at at the time absolutely amazing, just kept me inspired and motivated. We had a morning call. So it just flowed. It was was great. Mindful Money was a very different experience. Uh, Same publisher but different um same person but different experience. It was really tough. Um stopped and started. And they and I've heard from other people who've written multiple books. They've said the second book is the worst. First book's normally easy, second book's a nightmare. And that's exactly what it was. And it was I was doing IVF. Um I was looking after my son. I we I was pregnant. Um I was in and out of hospital during the pregnancy. And then when I, my daughter arrived three weeks early or four weeks early and it was two days before my book launched. So I literally went from the birth suite to Project Channel 10's show and onto their sofa on live TV within two days. It was, it was tough, but that book has so much in there. It's got all my IP, it's got all my inspiration, all my motivation to help people really get their
1: finances in order and on track. To build wealth. it's a fantastic book, and it's actually one that I recommend my clients or someone who's come to me and asked me some information and may not actually come and see me as a financial advisor yet. But I definitely recommend that book. Um, I do also. I mean, I know that you've done you did a lot of research in that just by being an advisor myself. One thing that um, when I read and I was like, "Yes, I'm glad somebody's finally said this." Where well, you actually made a point about in specie transfers with super to pension and just and and how interesting how many how limited that option is for Mm people so you know I just sort of I I remember uh, there's a lot of things around that book and I felt that yes it's had a different flavor to it I didn't know the full backstory but we've got some mutual I've got mutual friends that are are friends with your partner Tom and I actually we bumped into him just around the time your daughter was born and he said how amazing you are that you've just gone from hospital to being on television in that short period of time. And I just remember going, oh, my God, that's it, insane. It was insane. Um, I know the challenges of being a mom, so I'm just like my mind just spun around and went, how are you doing that? Look, I would never recommend anyone does that. Um, they <laughs> were, this was organized,
2: you know, my daughter came early. Um, this was organized by a lot of people and there were a lot of people who were, were counting on me to make sure I turned up there and I had a lot of people who help me on that day. Someone came to my house and looked after Apple whilst I jumped in the car and drove to Channel 10. I literally had someone with me the whole time. And as soon as I was off the show, I was straight back in the car back home and into my tracksuit pants and Apple was back in my oh, arms again. Crazy. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't recommend like that's not healthy and not not recommended. I don't I'm Not proud of myself to be really honest that I put myself through that, but I ha- just had to suck it up and do it because there were people who were counting on me to, to be there and do that. And yeah, I mean, the passage into motherhood, particularly giving birth, whichever way you give birth and a, a baby arrives into the world, is one to be
1: honored, not to be what not that to, to a thing.
2: separate yourself and put yourself onto <laughs> live TV.
1: Yes, yeah, you're right. Well, the sacrifice, I guess, in that respect is that you birthed not just. Your daughter, but an incredible book as well that went got out to the world. Unfortunately, the timing may not have been ideal, but I have, as I said, I do uh, recommend that book. There's only a few books that I do recommend uh, in regards to finance books, because some can really lead people a little bit astray, and yours is very, um, you know, factual, and you can tell you've done a lot of work on that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So with the $1,000 project, I mean, I know that Amy's potentially read the books. I have not had the, the chance to, um, but I will get around to it. <laughs> yeah. I'll send them to you. And I know that you give a lot of tips about how, they can, how people can actually build an amazing portfolio um, and tips on how they can achieve it. Can you, like, it doesn't have to be from the book, but if you can provide any tips for our listeners, um, that would be awesome. Well, first of all, you need to make
2: sure that investing is right for you. That means you have to have the time frame. So, shares are not something that you do overnight or with strategy for a year or two years. I always say to people, if you're going to be investing in shares, think of this as a ten-year, if not longer, journey. So think about you know what your goals are and whether you have that time to actually let your portfolio work for you. Second thing is obviously to do your research. We cannot give product advice, but you know have a look at all the different products that are out there and think about your goals and what's important to you and what features are important to you and then you know work out which is the right platform for your needs when it comes to investing you know a lot of people say to me what shares should i buy what stocks i can't answer that because obviously everyone's financial situation is different everyone's goals are different and everyone's risk profile is different so if you're someone who wants to invest in shares and wants to build up a diversified share portfolio researching listed investment companies, researching exchange traded funds are a great way of accessing an immediately diversified investment portfolio. So that's always handy, but I can't stress enough the importance of understanding what your risk profile is. You know, I, for example, am a high growth investor. I have a long time frame. I'm really comfortable with market volatility. I'm happy to reinvest all my dividends. I'm happy to even contribute more when there are market pullbacks. But you know, someone like yourself might think, well, hang on, no, I'm new to investing. I don't want to take all those risks yet. I need to learn more and experience more. And uh, you might be a a balanced investor. So it's important that you go away and do a risk profile and understand what the the best asset allocation is for you and your money. And more importantly, your financial goals and dreams. That's really great advice.
1: Now, you also have, besides the Sugar Mama TV, which if uh, any of our listeners have not seen, I recommend you go and watch because there's some excellent tips um, in there. Uh, and, and as I stated earlier, you know, can sort of been very transparent in regards to how she presents her, her tips in that YouTube show. But there's also a podcast and I've listened to um, quite a few and some are incredible um, in terms of some of the guests that you get on their their stories, can you share probably one of the most inspiring stories that's come across either your desk or on your podcast or Sugar Mum TV?
2: Absolutely. Um, I think chatting with Amy Bett, who decided her and her husband decided that they just were sick of a mortgage. It was causing so much stress and pressure on them. They weren't they were putting all this money into their home that they had no passive income. They had no ability to invest, and they decided to sell the family home and just focus on investing and building up their passive income. And I actually reconnected with Amy the other day and I said, oh, how's everything going with your own financial journey? And They have their own financial planner and she said, great, you know, we've continued on investing, we're building our passive income, we feel like we've got so much more freedom and choice. And, you know, it's a lot of people, are, a lot of Australians, are just, I just love the the idea of owning a, a home and it is a great asset if you can pay it off and, you know, it's a long-term asset but for some people I feel like there's this Mm. herd mentality to own a property and they don't realize that that's not the only option so I thought that was a really powerful podcast to listen to there are other ones oh gosh there are so many other ones but um talking with Susie Burrell the dietitian, and she shares about how you know she's a mother and she's got twins and how she's keeping her family grocery budget you know, under check and I think she's got her budget under something like $200 per week on groceries. which is incredible. <laughs> that's crazy. And without without. I don't know how that's possible. How, I know I mean gosh I, it's, I was in awe but really great hacks as to how she's keeping the family budget down. Um, There's, uh, there's so many different stories, different um, walks of life, people of you know other single mothers who have you know prioritize their financial well-being and their children's financial well-being it's really quite powerful there's just it's so many different stories
1: hearing other people's stories can really motivate one especially when they've got that mindset is I haven't got enough money I can't get started I don't know where to start but when you start hearing other people's stories or the challenges they're facing it can really turn sort of that mindset around a little bit and go wow okay my situation might not be as bad as that I, I can do it and that's where the power lies with these stories that and you sort of are sourcing a lot of this information for everybody and you're giving a lot of free content um, that's pretty much all you're doing now is that is that yeah that's right thing?
2: that's right I um no no it's all free and the thing with the stories is i I'm on my own wealth creation journey myself and I even when I hear a debt-free story or someone overcoming a, a huge challenge or Achieving a great goal, I find it so incredibly inspiring and motivating for myself. So the good thing is about these stories—they aren't just like debt-free stories for people who are drowning in debt. You know, they they really speak to so many different parts and steps in the financial journey. Yeah, no,
0: exactly. Um. Also, when you, what prompted you actually, you know, start on the one thousand dollar project? Like, can you take us through that journey of how you even? So, were you just initially? wanting to invest more and you just came up with the idea to you know a $1000 just seemed like an achievable increment or
2: no no it actually there's a couple of reasons how it was i guess born about first one and probably the biggest one was i had just gone through my uh divorce and i was wearing the legal expenses and i also to keep my son um in the home i agreed to to pay out um to buy the family home off my ex spouse and that came with huge stress and pressure on me to be able to do that. So there was no savings. There was no sur- surplus in my budget. It was all going to keeping the roof above my head and paying obviously all the legal fees. And so there was no money for me to invest anymore. And that's something I've been investing for a long time. It's something I was really passionate about doing. So I thought, you know what, I can't invest anymore, but why don't I have a go at, Hustling up money, finding extra money in my life that's you know outside of my salary, outside of the budget, and every time I come up to thousand dollars, I'll just invest it. And then I realized, you know what? Why don't I share this story and journey with everyone else? Because in doing this, I can also make people realize that we're not bound by our nine to five salaries. That is, just because we earn say seventy thousand dollars a year working Monday to Friday, doesn't mean that that's you know our achievements or our journeys is subject to just that income. We have the ability to do things in our own time to create extra money in our life. And then the other thing is that I wanted people to realize is when you proactively use money in a mindful way and put it towards a financial goal, whatever it may be, it can be incredibly powerful in helping you get ahead and leapfrog So, for example, you know, putting it towards if I did some extra work over the weekend or did some market research and earned, say, $200, putting that towards my investments or putting that towards my debt or, you know, showing people instead of just letting that money evaporate and be eaten up by something else or some other temptation, that proactively doing something that's intelligent can really make a big difference, not just financially but mentally as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's so inspiring. You share all of those experiences in the book, um, just that $1,000 project um, and the challenges because you had a baby, you had a toddler. You know, you were having to actually go, I'm going to have to get my parents to babysit so I can go and do this and get that done and go through all of those challenges. The fact that you actually were so transparent in that, again, it comes down to teaching people that we're not, we don't have to be victims to our circumstances. As you just said, if you're earning 70000 that doesn't have to be the limit it's there's so much that we could be doing over and above what we're just doing day to day absolutely and
2: really the sky's the limit the thousand dollar project portfolio it's gosh the net figure i think is around about just under two hundred thousand dollars which blows my mind that i've literally i've built that portfolio uh um, it's got a margin loan included in there but not a product advice <laughs> or strategic <laughs> advice but um it, you know it's it really does amaze me as to literally I've built that portfolio $1000 at a time
0: how long have you been doing like doing that for
2: uh 7 years i think well almost oh my God, that's just amazing
0: yeah how do you have the time to fit it all in because it sounds like you're such a busy woman <laughs> you've got a family you've got you're doing because a lot of that content creation really takes time and it takes a toll and like how do you can you give any tips around like building more habitual strategies around yeah staying motivated staying along the journey look it's um I'm very efficient with my
2: time um I really try and tone down any distractions during the day so I can get my work done and then you know switch off when I need to be with my family I so and having said that I work for myself so you know running a small business so I am juggling a lot of different things and I do work weird and wonderful hours and days and Mm times but you know I I have help around me as well. So I don't try and do it all.
0: Yeah. No, I could only imagine. That's good advice. Good good advice. Do you plan out your weeks? Would you like sit down on a Monday and just like plan the week out and then like schedule it all in?
2: I do that on a Sunday. So I have, I'm very much routine driven. um, Mm -hmm. So I will sit down and work out, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to record. This is what I want to edit. This is what I want to research. And I I have a, a list of things to do. Um, which is always never-ending, uh, but I do my best I can do to get things done as efficiently as possible. So
0: working smarter, not harder. Yeah, exactly. If, I feel like when you plan the week out, it is a lot easier to keep on, on track of everything. Also, we would love to hear what, you know, if you've got any tips around or what investment or superannuation insights or tips can you share with us? That would be really awesome. Tips to get ahead financially? or y- Yeah.
2: All right, the first thing would be is to really have a look at your current financial situation. Stop and take the time to acknowledge where you stand financially because this is your ground zero. This is where you say to yourself, okay, things are going to get better from here, my debt's going to come down from here, my savings are going to go up from here, I'm going to start investing or I'm going to continue on investing, I'm going to have you know, actual mindful goals that I put in place that I'm going to be passionately connected to and, and proactively working on all the time. Next thing is obviously is to really articulate those goals, give them deadlines, and not just in three months' time or by three months, give it a deadline, like the fifteenth of uh September two thousand and twenty two so that you actually understand that you know time is ticking, uh you know it makes you more accountable to step up and step up and take action. Obviously, taking action is incredibly important. I try and do one thing every day towards each of my goals. so say for example, I have a goal to invest even if I can just transfer $10 into the $1,000 project account for one day, I do it. But that building that momentum of proactively working on each goal, no matter how small or how big that action can be over the course of a year can be incredibly powerful. Yeah. I also, you know, really look at my mindset. Of course, there are days where I'm flat and tired and just can't be bothered and want to give up. And I do give myself permission to take a break and and, and recharge my batteries. But if I and I use that time efficiently and effectively, so that when I do take that time, it it works, um, then kickstart with fresh motivation and inspiration to keep going, and you know, so really connecting with my goals, using my mindset to talk about you know, my future and my situation in a positive, uplifting way, never to berate myself or control myself or pull myself down. So,
1: and then just just you know, stop talking, just get on with it. Yeah, I actually love that. Thank you, Kenna. You are absolutely an inspiration and I encourage anybody who hasn't um, seen Kenneth, uh, she's got Sugar Mama TV, she's on Instagram, we'll put all of the links on our show notes. I am so pleased that you came on this show, um, you're so motivating and um, you I'm sure have affected so many um, lives out there, so uh, thank you very much, thanks for all you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure
0: thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been, yeah, it's been great to have you on and all of the advice that you've shared today. Thanks again.
1: Thank you for listening today. Before you go, I want to remind you that everything discussed is general in nature. We are unaware of your personal circumstances, so the information we have discussed may not be right for you. It is important to consider your personal situation and seek financial advice from a licensed advisor. Amy Baker is an authorised representative of Lifestyle Asset Management Propriety Limited, Australian Financial Service Licence 288241. Recap Advice is a trading name of Recap Enterprises Proprietary Limited, ABN 22607 854240, a corporate authorised representative of Lifestyle Asset Management, AFSL 288241. I would also like to acknowledge the Bidigal and Gadigal people who are the traditional custodians of this land. I would like to pay respects to the Elders, both past and present, as the Bidigal and Gadigal Nations and extend that respect to other Aboriginal pe- people. Thank you for listening and don't forget to share the last by sharing this podcast. Have a wonderful day wherever you are.